everyone, and welcome to Elsa's next podcast. In this podcast, we're going to talk about what it means to balance having a legal career or studying law with an artistic interest, because a lot of us have interests outside of law. My name is Emma, and I'm your host for today. And I am a fourth-year law student who also is passionate about writing and music. Yeah, kia ora. I, my name is Alvian. I am also a fourth-year law student, and I, I guess I think passionate about a lot of artistic things, but maybe music would be the main thing for me. Uh, kia ora. I'm Tina. I'm old, and I'm working as a lawyer at the moment. And I'd say that my artistic pursuits are mostly in sewing, which I started a few months ago. Um, but I've always had an ongoing interest in flowers and kind of all kind of other creative hobby that involves my hands. Kia ora tato. Um, my name's Etienne and I am, I'm also old. I'm a, not quite a PhD student, but going to apply to be one for next year. That's where I'm at at the moment and I've graduated. My um, sort of organising principle when it comes to arts is just kind of do all of them and see what happens. Um, so I'm real interested in music both in kind of like jams and band stuff but also choral stuff I also do some handicraft stuff so um, I've done knitting but I've settled on sewing at the moment sewing a, a quilt poetry is probably my main jam um, and that's kind of branching out into comedy as well um, are we going to consider comedy an art form I'm going to call it I'm just going to say it is comedy no, is definitely an art form Especially what else would it be a sport as well you know it's not just your, your usual but I do love your usual as well Awesome. So I was thinking, maybe we should talk about why we decided to take a legal path rather than arts. I know that for me, every summer I have a small existential crisis about why I'm studying law and why I'm not just trying to be a writer. And then I remember that Chris Tease told me that he made the same amount with his government job in two weeks that he made from his poetry book in six months. And I kind of remember that's partially why. <laughs> so at least that's what's impacted for me. Money, which is kind of depressing, yeah. but a bit of a sad reality. We live in a capitalist world, Emma. You're just being realistic. Hey, we all have Asian parents here. <laughs> true. True, true, true. Um, well, interestingly for me, I never really thought about the money. I was always in high school. I started off like not really being good at anything. And then I slowly whistled down and then found that I was good at like the English and writing side of things. I wrote a lot of short stories, actually. And um, my grandfather was actually a judge back home in the Philippines. And Ooh. so when I became like, and I always knew this growing up and he was always very uh, sad that none of his children, he's got nine of them, followed his footsteps. And so far, I think I'm the only grandchild to kind of do the same thing so I not pressured but I, I was I was very adamant that if I made the decision to do law that it would be for me that it wouldn't be to fulfill any of my aunties or uncles or grandparents expectations of it and that was a big thing um and yeah the money probably won't hurt if I get there eventually but um I kind of do both I um was also very passionate about film in high school I did a lot of short films too and I currently study a film degree which I'm almost at the end of and I don't know how useful it will be but it'll be a handy little tool to have if I ever uh I don't know end up in a Netflix production or something but it's like there's this thing girl like there's always this view I don't know if it's in high school or whatnot that arts arts isn't reliable which 
yeah, I've always, I think that was why I kind of hedged, right? And didn't just go for film, even though I was very tempted to. Wow, how can I start after that? Um, I guess for me, I've been in the law for about four years now. Um, so I'm really old. Um, but I guess the decision for me was kind of in high school, in my last year, I was doing a mixture of um, just, I spent a lot of my time in the art department because I was doing painting. Um, and I kind of was at this crossroads of being like, well, you know, you are kind of good at the history and the social sciences. Um, so you could go down that pathway or you could go and do fine art at Massey. And I think being stuck in the art department for like a good portion of my last year of high school um, mm. was something that I decided not to do. Um, and I think also just kind of going through my last year of high school, I think it was really difficult because my mum and her partner at the time went through a really messy separation. And I think that kind of triggered for me what I consider to be a big passion of mine is kind of the accessibility of the law. Um, yeah, because, you know, people always, you know, and this is something that I see kind of in my day-to-day -day work is that people come to you with these problems, but they don't understand how the legal system operates. And so I find that kind of my niche is kind of talking through those problems and then making sure that people know, you know, what their rights are in relation to the law. So, yeah, I kind of went into law school very half-heartedly, um, thinking that I'd try my best and you know uh, it's an ongoing question of why do I still want to do the law every day partly it's you know capitalism and it helps pay for the nice things in life but um, I think doing the law so weird to say the law um, it's really great because it gives my brain the opportunity to have that kind of creative thinking that isn't just exclusively for the arts and so I find when I stop my day-to-day -day job then I can sort of think about the creative pursuits and I'm sure that's kind of what people find while they're studying as well as being able to balance those two um yeah those are kind of my thoughts yeah it's a really good question that the thing I usually say when people ask me why did you get into law it was like when I was at high school in year 13, I was like, I don't really know what I want to do with my life or anything like that. So if I don't find out like my passion by the end of the year, then I'm just going to end up doing law and commerce. Um, and so here we are. Um, didn't um, go on any life-changing journeys um, in year 13 that helped me find my life passion. Um, and so I did, I, I went to law school. Um, I've got quite a lot of like family members on both sides of my family that are lawyers, actually, including shout out to uh, my homie G, um, first cousin twice removed, Sir Ivor Richardson. Um, but um, yeah, I guess like I wish that in high school arts had been more of a like because they were the they were the fun subjects that I really enjoyed, you know, the English, the um, the languages, and the Japanese in high school, and still hold on to that very tightly. Um, and the like um, arts and culture stuff, being in choirs, being in drama productions, but it always felt like 
like it was treated in the school as a bit of a tack on to your main thing, which was your academics. And so I guess I never seriously considered it. Um, I also probably had like a, a bit of a thing of like, well, I'm doing really well in the NCA stuff. So I know I'm good at this stuff, but with art, it's like, it's a bit harder to tell if um, you're actually, like, if that's actually your thing. Um, so I quite like this way of going to uni and doing law school, but then on the side discovering like creative sides of myself that I never knew existed or rediscovering old ones. So I'm back in a choir now and really loving that. Um, but the whole poetry thing just kind of happened by accident after going through law school, getting really tired of the boring readings and then just like wanting some sort of outlet that involved words. And, and there it was. Um, but I also see like I've reached a point in the law stuff where it actually becomes kind of creative. It turns out once you get past all of the compulsory papers, you've actually got a bit more space to move and, and hopefully writing a PhD. I see that as quite a creative space. I'm, I'm hoping to write about um, Treaty of Waitangi and Tangata Tiriti. And there's a lot in there about just vibing and um, like feeling the shape of things. And um, like, I, I hope to write that PhD in a far more creative way of like on the backs of napkins and shower epiphanies, as opposed to just like turning up for the nine to five sort of thing. So I'd like to think I've found a way to bring some creativity into law, even as by studying law, I've also found my way into more creative outlets as well. See, that's really interesting because I think people often think that law can't be creative at all, but I think that law inherently can be creative. And aside from that whole thing about trying to make money or try to have a stable career, I think that a lot of people who like English or like problem solving or like creative thinking for those people, law might be a good career choice because it's a lot of trying to stretch words meaning or it's a lot of trying to apply an idea in a creative way to make an argument. Alvin and Tina, do you agree that law can be a creative thing? Going to go first, Tina. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just thought I would step in. And I think, you know, there's a really big difference between what you study at law school, which is really kind of the formula, it's the background, it's the principles. But then I think what I really like about the law is that in terms of a creative manner is that there's the people element as well. And I think, you know, people, every you know, everyone comes from a different background and they've got different problems. And I think one of the most rewarding things that I've been able to do at, um, from doing the law is to volunteer at Community Law Wellington mm. and Hutt Valley um, and the amount of client interactions um, it's possibly where I am my most creative because um, I work for a government department a lot of my legal advice is kind of constrained by what we can and can't do but when it comes to community law you've got you know your layperson on the street and they're like you know I've just got this problem with my flatmate and you know I'm the head tenant and I can't move out and I think one of my favourite things is to ask, you know, well, what do you want and how do you want to go about it? And my favourite is when the client is like, yeah, I just want to burn all the bridges. And I'm like, cool, let's do some really creative legal options. And I think um, one of my favourite pieces of advice I've ever given was uh, issuing a trespass notice or telling the client to issue a trespass notice. Legally, it all worked out, but it was kind of a bit of an extreme thing. Um, 
and it was kind of fun to be a little bit more creative about it. I don't know. It doesn't sound very creative in that context, but it definitely, um, I think, like Alvin, um, sorry, Etienne said that, yeah, the law doesn't, it's not kind of, it, you can write it on pieces of paper and you can just, you know, it doesn't have to be in a boring office job. It's it's the people element that I really enjoy and that's where I feel at my most creative. And I think also in the space that I do, um, I do a lot of work in sort of the treaty space and uh, co-design with mana whenua and sort of that kind of space, which has really not been worked on before is really exciting, um, kind of quite stressing, but again, it's, it definitely feels very creative at the end of the day. Uh, I was just like, while they were talking and I was listening, I was trying to think about maybe examples where I have had like more running room as Etienne says in my own courses, now that I'm out of 200 level. Um, but the thought that came to me was, I think in like a good and bad way, the law has to be creative. And what I mean by that is that in learning about more kind of specific stuff in electives, the first thing that comes to mind is like how, like you said, with like being creative with words and stretching to include new things, how Tadeo is being incorporated in, especially in the space of like, if you look at the Alice case and if you look at kind of like land law cases about like whether or not we can incorporate um, like tikanga in the law and like it's, a, it's weird it's weird to say that judges are being creative when that sounds like something that should already be happening but I think that like we have to be creative in order for things to change for the better because I'm sure like a lot of us like yeah the money aspect like wouldn't have done law if we didn't think that we could change something and I think we're constantly always trying to change something and we don't really recognize it as being creative and kind of like Tina, I've, I volunteer at community law in a ton of different capacity. I for student rights. And so my creative uh, solutions are restrained by the book, which is fair enough. I wouldn't want to go <laughs> off grid um, not knowing as much as, as her, I'm sure as a graduate, but um, well, kind of like you and I have done, like we've competed in competitions and like they always say, to do creative solutions. And I, so I can see the appeal of, of that being enjoyable. Like you're, you are constrained by the law, but that doesn't mean that there's nowhere that you can go. And I've always found, I've always told people that like that element of things of the law, if I could find a job where it's kind of like client interviewing and I'm helping people and I'm coming up with these solutions. And I think I'd be happy with that. Um, so yeah, so create creative, in a sadly necessary way sometimes, I think in my view of the law and overall, I guess I just don't really think about it as much, but when I do think about it, like, yeah, we are being creative. Just because we, we all um, have talked about um, the treaty space as, as one of the creative spaces, just a little something to add to that because that, that is my like future field of expertise there. Um, I think that it's one of the most important spaces to have creative thinkers in because there's kind of this just like, there's a default view, um, perhaps may I, I, I wager a slightly more boring view that the um, the legal system that we have is the one that we're stuck with. Um, you know, the judicial system, inherently conservative, um, judges can't change anything and 
Um, whenever you get to a point in the law where you think a judge is going to do something, they say, oh, this is best left to Parliament, and then Parliament never follows it up. Um, and so sometimes it does feel like nothing ever changes. But then there's this kind of like, even within this idea of incorporating tikanga Māori within the legal system, that's still an inherently, like, I would say, boring view. In, in terms of, like, if all we can imagine is having our existing thing, but tacking some tikanga on or putting it, or um, talking about other cultures as well. I know there's a, a case about like Chinese business practices um, being heard before the Supreme Court at the moment and the ways that the law is going to interact with a potentially new source of law. Um, we need creative thinkers to think beyond just the this is all that exists and we'll just incorporate things into it. We need people who are able to think about different overlapping systems, um, bi or multicultural or multi-dural systems, um, ways where we're not just going the same ways we always have been. Um, just kind of like the, if anyone's heard of the Matikimai project, the sort of envisioning of new constitutional arrangements um, based like foremost on Te Tiriti o Waitangi and Te Whakaputanga, the Declaration of Independence. It's like, those are the areas, those are some of the areas that I see personally creative thinkers really shining in, those times that we get to dream about what the law could be and not just respond to what it is. I think that's a really beautiful point to bring up, this idea that those of us working in law have to think not just about what the law is, but what the law could be. I think it's interesting because one of the reasons I studied law was because I wanted to be able to make a difference and help people. But then throughout my degree, becoming more and more involved in writing and poetry and art, I thought maybe I can make a bigger difference through art, through reaching people in that way. But I guess ultimately there are different ways that we can change society and we can help people. And I think it's wonderful that we can use law to do so as well. Now, the next question I want to ask all of you is how you incorporate art into the work, the, the life that you live now, particularly if your main focus is law. So the more the traditional side of art, the poetry and the painting and the music and the sewing. I think for me, the first thing that came to mind is that I wear the clothes that I make, which is, I'm, I'm not actually wearing any of the clothes that I've made right now, but I'm in my room which is essentially a whole bunch of fabrics um and I think um also how I I really like to mend things as well because I think it's really important to um what's we call it um yeah I think it's really important to preserve clothes because we throw away a lot of clothes if we get sort of a rip or a hole in it and it's actually quite nice to have I think what's become really popular now is sort of the ideas of wabi-sabi and kind of um, kintsugi, which is kind of, you know, having visible the the flaws, um, but the visible mending that comes into it. So I think that's how I um, incorporate my sort of artistic side into every day. So it's literally the clothes that I'm wearing, but... Yeah, I think also in all my other interactions, I think from a perspective, you know, can can I help make something um, that, that's very visual? Yeah, I was I was thinking there are probably like 
three different ways that um, I, I do art as part of life. And one of them is having those like scheduled times that no one can take away where you're like, at this point in the week, this is my choir practice. Um, that's where I am. I'm not at law school. I'm not thinking about anything else. And just having those points throughout the week are really good. Like you come back to that art space um, and you go away from it a little while, but you know that you have a time where you're going to come back to it. And I find that super important and kind of like a, a work culture that eats into your spare time all the time, just like having those clear spaces. Um, but also um, sometimes I like to um, take my art with me into those other spaces. I find like handicrafts is, is really like, at least when you're at university, maybe harder if you're like working in a professional environment, but it's easy um, for me to take um, like my sewing or my knitting into um, meetings or um, into lectures. And actually that can prompt some quite fun discussions there as well. You know, it, it turns out people don't like it when you're on your phone during a meeting, but they love it when you're sewing during a meeting is, is my experience. And then they'll always come to you up, up to you afterwards and talk about it. So I found that a really good way to like, engage the creative part of my brain while I'm also doing the work thing. Um, but also, um, like I quite like just having like a spur of the moment experience and then thinking like, I'm going to create based on that. You know, I like see something in nature and then immediately am like thinking about how I'm going to turn this into a poem or, um, just having like a random of the, the moment, oh, I want to get out my bass now and, and start playing, those sorts of things. Um, and often, like, that's the hardest to maintain in, like, a culture where, like, work's meant to be on your mind all the time sort of thing. So, like, allowing yourself and giving yourself space to just be like, nah, I've got inspiration now. This is what I want to be doing right now is also, I find, like, another way that I keep art as part of my life all the time. First off, I'm terrible at handicraft, but I've always wanted to like knit and sew. And I think embroidery was the one that I wanted to do really early um, on this year. But I think that leads into my answer. I never really pursued that. Uh, unlike Etienne, I'm not as structured in creative pursuits, I guess. I think I'm more of what he described as like the impulsive side. Like I'll just be like sitting somewhere or like I'll be doing something or something. I'll see something and then uh for me it sounds really cheesy but like like lyrics will pop into my head or i'll be like oh that would sound good with this or that but um i've always been very sporadic at writing stuff down about it so i think i have creative thoughts all the time but i'm not as disciplined with um channeling that into an outlet and so i guess the answer is i don't i don't really balance it at the quite well um at the moment i think i have had those impulsive um, saying say outbursts doesn't really make it sound that good, but like I'll, I'll have a creative drive for like three weeks or something, and I'll finish something, and then I'll just have something else on the back burner for like a year and a half and whatnot. So, I think um, uh, for me, I always do have trouble with separating out like work life with creative life, and I think every like like Etienne said, um, and Tina said, like I think every time I kind of settle down and I'll be like, all right, I'm going to block off like this Sunday afternoon for recording. Uh, like half, like maybe like half an hour in, I always get really anxious about like, oh, but I have an essay to do in like two and a half weeks or like, oh, this recording isn't going as well as I'd like. 
I could be making my comparative gains, right? Like I could be making more progress on my academics right now. And I think that comes from the inherent nature of like those arts and crafts is that you cherish them. And for me, I'm kind of a perfectionist with it, but I'm not very good at doing it, which leaves me in a tough spot of never actually like getting to where I want to be with it. And thus I don't touch it for long periods of time until I come back. I know that for me, I sometimes get frustrated when people who focus purely on arts, you know, they're mastering something and I'm like, why aren't I that good? And that's because I'm trying to, in a way, trying to balance it with law or doing other things. And I guess that's the nature of ever trying to balance two different paths. But I know that I, for one, would love art to be my main thing one day. And I'm kind of trying to work towards making writing something I could earn money from or something that could be my ultimate like career or day job. And because of that, I'm quite disciplined in writing constantly and trying to always have that art going. But it's kind of interesting because earlier in the year, I did have a couple of weeks where I pretty much only wrote. And I kind of realized that I missed law because I like not only, because like writing and creating is a lot of getting what's in you out, whereas learning other things is kind of getting things that are outside of you in. And I think it's important to have that kind of, to have both. So you're always learning and then you can output new things. I don't know. That's something that I thought, and it's, just interesting trying to work out like where you can go um, you, with different paths and having all those options open. Okay. Anyway, because I want to keep this podcast relatively short, I was going to ask you a one last question. That is for all the younger students who are still in first or second year at law school, what are some papers or clubs or unique activities that you recommend to keep your creative side alive? Uh, Elsa obviously um hang out with them they do amazing stuff um I don't know if they're um, probably the wrong person to comment about law school stuff um but yeah I think finding and meeting other people is a really great way to sort of I don't know, for a creative purpose, but also if I can respond to your point, Alvin, about pressure about essays being drew. Again, what you lack in grades, you make up for in studying personality. Um, people aren't really going to remember the grades that you got at uni, but they're going to remember how they made you feel. Insert cheesy, corny line there. But I think there's a lot of pressure about grades and doing things right. Um, but, you know, everybody has their own little uh, experience in varying grades. And so, I don't know, activities like Elsa is great, but I guess, yeah, doing things that you want to do and having fun is important because one of the things that you'll learn when you finish university is that um, you don't have as much learning or, I think, dedicated to learning versus the perks of working full-time, which gives you a bit more balance and space to devote your time to things that you're really passionate about, but it's good to get the foundations first. I'm just speaking in very general terms, but... <laughs> yeah, um, a friend of mine recently told me that life is too short to aim for anything higher than a passing grade, and I think that's like a little more on the other extreme of like holding grades up high, but I think there is a point to that that you're right um in like 10 15 20 years um 
this comes up in like panels all the time that also host is that nobody really looks at your grades. They look at not only you as a person, but how you progress and traverse through everything. So yeah, totally, totally on board with that. But it is that war of like remembering that and then looking at your like assignment sheet. So I think definitely like a bit of, a bit of balance. Um, in terms of fun stuff. Yeah. Also definitely, especially recently has boosted the more creative side of things. I found that, um, there's more like the, like with talent night or with things like this, we offer the uh, academic side as well as the creative side and we're shifting and changing and evolving all the time with that. So I think that's really cool. Um, the first thing that came to mind was Vic Uke, because I, I play the ukulele, and I'm part of Vic Uke, but I've never been to any of the the <laughs> their meetings. But it's like nice to know, I guess, that like they exist, right? And I think like just like knowing that there are all these outlets. I was part of a film club in first year that I also didn't go to, so I guess for first and second years, don't follow my advice. Go to go actually go to the stuff that you sign up for, um, and I, I, I for me the creative side of things is always um the more like personal like the the music stuff but i don't think it can be found in any paper specifically i think that you can be creative within those papers like my film and uh, international relations papers whenever i'm coming up with interesting things to write with i think that's where you're creative i don't think there's a i think any creative paper can be boring and any boring paper can be creative so my advice to the like any person second years listening to this is just just like do it or just like set aside some time if you think like oh i'm not gonna have enough time to just just do it because you'll be fine you'll you'll make up you'll you'll find the missing time to do other things that are maybe aren't arts related that you don't want to do and you'll surprise yourself by how much you can get done so that's my piece i guess so i'm also among many other things a teacher Um, and I've um, been teaching at the law school tutoring, also doing a little bit of lecturing recently, so I'm going to speak from that perspective. I actually tutored Albion back in the day, so... um, I was just thinking about, I was like, this is a a weird, like, character arc progression that we've gone from you teaching me one, two, two, to this. I think it's awesome. (laughs) I'm I'm here for it. Character development. And speaking of character development as well, I've been watching um, Avatar The Last Airbender over this lockdown with my boyfriend. And so I want to give like a, a, an Uncle Iroh sort of like takeaway. Um, So let's see if we can live up to, to that. I think that like our time at university is about learning, um, but more generally, it's about formation. It's like you you emerge into well, you enter into uni um, often just out of high school or maybe a year out, and um, you're like taking your first steps on your own into the world. You're finding out the sort of person you want to become, where you want to be going, um, and then like law school jumps in with kind of like a substitute dream. It's kind of like you do the work. Um, you maybe get the grades, um, and like you can, if you're not careful, just sink into everyone else's mire around it. The sort of like, it's a long degree. It's quite hard. Um, and law school teaches you how to be a specific sort of human being. Um, and something that's so important in that, if you don't just want to emerge as that sort of human being, um, is cultivating your creative life. Um, it's, I guess like, yeah, 
Emma was saying that law school is really great for putting inputs into you to give you stuff to work with. And that's definitely how I see it um, as well. It's just kind of like law school gives you baby and bathwater at the same time. There's so much good in there, but there's also so much like heaviness in there. And if you don't also have other inputs into your life, then that like creative presence is going to, to weaken and die. Um, and so I think it's really important to um, have like, for example, other friends outside of law school, just people that you go to, to whom the, the one, two, two test means nothing to, um, and are just going along vibing. I think Albion's got it right by having that friend who says, um, don't get more than a passing grade because that person in Albion's life is going to keep him grounded and going to make him realize that it's not like the law school default is not all it's cut out to be. Um, so we want different people who have different passions, who see the world from entirely different ways. It turns out that every single discipline at university has a slightly different way of viewing the world and they're all flawed, but there's some good in most of them except commerce. Um, and like also like, yeah, I mean, one really good question to ask is like, what did you really enjoy as a child or what did you enjoy doing at school? And if it was the singing in a choir or drawing or whatever, like, why not? Just pick that back up. Um, my, um, my boyfriend actually like drew lots of dragons as a kid and like kind of stopped doing that in later years, but it's just something that he's been picking up back now. And just like to see the joy in his face when he does it, I'm like, there's something in that. So like everyone, as well as doing the law school and like um, hanging out with friends and stuff, like pick back up that thing. You've got a, like a whole life of preparation um, to look back on, to see what are those things that brought you joy? Sure, there are also going to be some new experiences out there that you haven't encountered yet that could spark you off. But also, there's plenty of rich history in your life already to look back on. So if you think that you're not creative, um, look back on the last 18 plus, plus, plus years um, to see if, um, like, if that's not quite true. There's going to be something in there. We haven't all been robots all our lives. Um, yeah, so look back and see what you find and let's explore that together wow thank you so much for that that was that was very i wrote down some stuff from that actually i hope you don't mind i'll frame it <laughs> can you yeah. tell that i've just been watching the first book of avatar the last year <laughs> <laughs> well if you hadn't prefaced it then maybe but <laughs> hey thank you so much all of you i think we all have some great takeaways from that basically if you want to tldr <laughs> Foster your creative side. Don't just care about your grades. Get out and make music or make clothes with your friends. Join some clubs and try look at the beautiful artsy side of life. So thank you so much for listening to this podcast. I hope your lockdown or if we're post lockdown, I hope your uni life is going great. And everybody, have a great day. Kia ora. Kia ora. Kia ora.